Aloha and good morning. This is Bear Wozniak. We're coming to you from Waikiki Beach. Beautiful time of year here. You know, the temperature doesn't vary much, maybe by 10 degrees, uh, but uh, it's a little bit, almost feel a little bit of coolness out there. Maybe it's 73 degrees or 74 degrees or something, but it just feels really nice and refreshing and hearing the birds singing. We're actually right above St. Augustine's by the Sea Catholic Church. In fact, my office, my home, I look right down at where the altar would be. Aloha, Jennifer. Where are you watching us from? We always like to hear where where people are. And and right now, this time of year, we like to ask them what the temperature is where they are. So we're reading in the Catechism. I love this book. I love this book. It's for thinking people. Um, and guess what? You're a thinking person. God gave you a spiritual, rational soul. In uh, the Old Testament it says, come let us reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be like crimson, they will be like wool. And Peter said, always be prepared uh, to give an answer for the reason for your hope. The beautiful thing about being human is that we can reason. And this book is so smart <laughs> that when I read it, people think I'm smart, but it's really the book that's so smart but we have a spiritual, rational soul that is different than um, than other animals, right? Um, we The thing about it is um, a dog is aware of its surroundings and it's even aware of itself, but it's not aware that it's aware of itself. Do you see what I mean? There's a philosophical, uh, there's a philosophical element to us, uh, a philosophical meaning lover of truth. Um, that makes us um, <laughs> no birds. Oh, how beautiful! How beautiful the snow! How beautiful! Um, I have to confess, Jennifer, I have Nordic neurosis. I spent far, four uh, winters in Minnesota, and it broke me. <laughs> it broke me. So anyway, um, so we have this beautiful, rational soul. So that's why I love the Catechism so much. So let's see. Oh, you know what? Let me see. Let's get to the right page. We're going into, we're starting here with John the Baptist, and then we're going to move into uh, the Holy Spirit and Mary. John the Baptist is more than a prophet. In him, the Holy Spirit concludes his speaking through the prophets. John completes the cycle of prophets begun by Elijah. So we know that when the Holy Spirit of God came upon the apostles on, in the chapter two of the book of Acts, uh, that that something powerful happened. And what's beautiful is that all Christians have that spirit of prophecy within them. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're going around prophesying all the time, but we have that sense of being led by the Holy Spirit. We hear that still small voice and we're being led by the Holy Spirit. So uh, the Old Testament prophets end with John the Baptist. He proclaims the eminence of the consolation of Israel. He is the voice of the consoler. As the spirit of truth will also do, John comes to bear witness to the light. In John's sight, this, isn't it beautiful how God is, all, all the, so much through scripture and also in the writings of the early church, and I'm reading Dante's Paradise right now, how light is so representative of God. Uh, the illumination of God's love. In John's sight, the Spirit thus begins, brings to completion the careful search 
of the prophets and fulfills the longing of the angels. Think about how the angels longed for that day when Jesus would come. Now, did all of the angels really long for the day that Jesus would become incarnate? Actually, no. In fact, the early church fathers say that what caused the great rebellion in heaven was uh, when uh, God created man in his image and, uh, and, uh, and uh, they rebelled at that. And here it is that not only did God make man in his image, but God became incarnate while remaining a God became man. He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And I just remember that time when I was 19 years old. I was in Charles DeBose's home when Bob Schwartz was there and others. And my mother was there and there, our, our priest from our parish was there and a few nuns. And they prayed with me to receive this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And something so unexpected happened to me. I was like... It was like liquid, warm waterfall of love fell upon me and then burst forth from my very inmost being. And uh, it was like light and warmth of God's love just filled me to overflowing. And I couldn't help but raise my hand in prayers. This wasn't an emotional situation. They were simply whispering and praying for me. But they'd all been fasting. And the whole, not that I knew that they were. And the Holy Spirit broke through. And I even remember that first moment when the Lord gave me the beautiful gift of tongues. Actually, that when I re first received the gift of tongues, it wasn't all that beautiful. It was kind of more of a rough sounding language. But that night when I went home, my dad said, what happened to you? He could see there was so much joy in my heart. And he said, and he, and, and I told him, he said, well, let me hear your, your language. And he said to me, I recognize a couple of those words. They're similar to his uh, Ukrainian uh, roots, which you know, the some of the Eastern language are very rough sounding. And then later that week when we prayed for my dad to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my language changed to the beautiful angelic language that it is today. So what? So it, it, the promise is that he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so call, call on to God to, to fill you again and again and again with his Holy Spirit. Finally, with John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit begins to, hey David, aloha. Finally, with John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit begins the restoration to man of the divine likeness. Remember how we said we're made in God's image and likeness, but we no longer really are very much like him because we had fallen into sin. We're still in his image, though, because we have a spiritual, rational soul that can commune with God. So with John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit begins the restoration to man of the divine likeness. Of course, Jesus' incarnation brings that more to fulfillment. Prefiguring what he would achieve with and in Christ. John's baptism was for repentance. It was a baptism in water. And the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit will be a new birth. So John baptized for repentance. And remember, Jesus went to be baptized by John, but did he need to repent of anything? No. But the early church fathers tell us that he sanctified the waters for our own baptism. And he said, I, I must do all things meek unto, uh, to fulfill all righteousness. I have come to fulfill all righteousness, what were his words. And that's what he did. He restored the dignity of man. He, he, uh, he took on our humanity and lifted it up, lifted our humanity up. 
uh, so we could be um, once again restored into God's likeness. But now here we come to this very exciting area about Mary. This isn't it interesting how Mary is this point of controversy between uh, Protestants and Catholics. And I think largely it's because um, uh, Protestants don't really understand what we as Catholics believe about Mary. And also they're kind of Mary-phobic. They're afraid they're gonna fall into Mary worship or something like that. And Catholics certainly don't worship Mary. Um, we hold her in very high esteem and we honor her. And just as I would ask you to pray for me, Catholics have this understanding that we can ask any Christian to pray for us, whether the Christian is here on earth or in heaven. We believe in the communion of saints that we're one body. And so we, um, so we um, uh, can ask Mary to pray for us. And there's different types of, of honor we give to people. Um, there is dulia, which is a kind of a praise we give to like people who really loved Ronald Reagan or uh, people who really love like a great sports hero. We dulia them, we honor them, we praise them. Um, and so we do that with the saints. We honor and praise our saints in that way, but we don't worship them. We honor them, we think, we tell them they're praiseworthy. They did something, they lived a life of heroic virtue. With Mary, we hyperdulia, where we, we put her in a special place among the saints. But with God, that's a whole different thing. We worship, we worship God. Whole different, whole different, uh, whole different uh, thing. But we do love and cherish Mary. And Jesus does too. Remember, Jesus still has a mom. And uh, I know if, uh, if uh, when I was with Father Don Calloway, who loves his mother so much, and she was traveling with us in the Holy Lands, she was always there to help him. And sometimes she would see one of us needed something from him and she would go to him and say, hey, why don't you do this? For, what, we, we need to do this or we need to do that. And, uh, and I saw this beautiful relationship. And if I were just to ignore Father Don Calloway's mom the whole trip, I think he would probably not really uh, like that. And, uh, and when I honored her and uh, thanked her and loved on her, I know he loved that. So Jesus, remember, he's all God and all man. And Mary is the highest of all, all human beings other than Jesus, right? She's, she's the mother of Jesus. And she's the greatest uh, example of heroic virtue. So, um, so we hyperdulia her, but we do not worship her. But, but remember, Jesus is, is all God, but he's still all, all man. And he has a mom and he has an earthly dad. And we need to honor them and love on them. And why not ask them to pray for us? It's interesting too, during this time, which so many think we're coming to the end, that there have been Marian apparitions. And uh, now there's been lately uh, apparitions of Joseph. And that's the order of it, wasn't it? When Jesus was incarnate. First, the angels came to Mary. And then after their marriage, the, and the, uh, the, uh, the angels came and spoke to Joseph. And now we're, we have seen a, a little bit of an apparition of Joseph uh, preparing the way for the coming, the second coming of Christ. Mary, the all holy, ever virgin mother of God is the masterwork of the mission of the Son and the Spirit in the fullness of time. For the first time in the plan of salvation and because his spirit had prepared her, the father found the dwelling place where his son and his spirit could, could dwell among men. 
in this sense, the church's tradition, that's with a capital T, has often read the most beautiful texts on wisdom in relationship to Mary. So capital T tradition, very important. Paul, uh, so many uh, Protestants go, well, you, we only believe in the Bible. Well, first of all, uh, Catholics are the ones who canonize scripture. It was at a Catholic council in the year in the 300s that the canon, the, 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 the table of contents of the Bible were established. Um, the Bible is really a compendium of books. It was Martin Luther that took two or three of those books and threw them out, uh, including the book of James, because he didn't like one of the sentences in there, but later he added it back. But it was, uh, it was uh, scripture that the church loves so much. But also Paul said, that which I have written to you, and that's what I've spoken to you, hold fast to these traditions. And so uh, the tradition uh, that, that was handed down through the apostles and the way we worship and the way we, and the doctrines that we hold to, our understanding of scriptures. Uh, Martin Luther had the misconception that anybody could read scripture and easily understand it. Actually, no, it takes a little bit of, takes a little bit of a, you need a trail guide. Uh, to, to actually work your way through through scripture and to understand it and to see in scripture like for example the word trinity never appears in scripture but we have an, an understanding of the holy trinity things like that and so in the catechism is where we find this great wisdom and so here it is in this sense the church's tradition with a capital t has often read the most beautiful texts on wisdom in relationship to mary Mary is acclaimed and represented in the liturgy as the seat of wisdom. In her, <clears throat> the wonders of God that the Spirit was to fulfill in Christ and the church began to be manifested. I've been to, Cindy and I have been to her, her home in Israel where she received, where, where she received uh, the word from the angel that she would conceive. Uh, uh, the Messiah and it's beautiful it's it's really small it's it's so many of the homes there are built in the limestone rocks where they they carve into the carve into the side of the mountain um, and that becomes the main part of the home and then they use the very rocks that they quarry as they dig in to build walls on the outside and there's and that is where she uh, she received a word that she would be the mother of God. There's so much for us to talk about. Tomorrow we'll probably talk about Theotokos, that Mary is um, is the mother of God. She is the God-bearer. Um, one of the uh, early heresies was the Arian heresy, which said that Christ is not uh, was not equal, was not consubstantial with God, that he was just the, the that he was the highest created being, but he wasn't, uh, as Arius said, there was a time when Christ was not, but that's not true. And so in this mystery that uh, of, of Mary carrying Christ, the, the God is one God. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three persons with one nature. They can't be bifurcated. They're one in being, right? And so when Christ was uh, being con was conceived in Mary, and uh, in that in that place was the whole the wholeness of the Godhead too right so Mary is not Christotokos as they tried to they, they tried to say she's Theotokos she is the God bearer 
and and that's where we see Mary is so beautiful when uh, King David uh, was uh, bringing the Ark of the Covenant uh, and the and what is the co Ark of the Covenant it's the God bearer it's where God would would uh, be especially present to the children of Israel and when he brought uh, the Ark of the Covenant into his town he was walking and leaping and praising God and he made the said the words who am I that 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 God should come enter into my house and uh, this, this is what happened when Mary went to visit her, her aunt Elizabeth. John the Baptist leaped inside of her womb. And, uh, and she said the same words as David did. Who am I that the mother of our Lord should come to my home, enter into my home? Theotokos, Mary is not just the mother, not just Christotokos, but Theotokos. She is the God bearer. She's very special. I'll just, I wasn't going to go into this, but I'll just close with this. In the, in, you know, when the tradition tells us that when, when uh, Jesus ascended, um, that Mary was cared for by uh, John. That's one of the reasons we know that Jesus had, um, Jesus had cousins, first cousins were called brothers in that day too. And so Jesus had these, probably had these first cousins that were around him, but he didn't have any brothers of his own. So he pointed to John and said, John, take care of my mom, remember from the cross. And so the story tells us that uh, Mary lived with John, probably up in Ephesus. I've been to the, where Mary's home in Ephesus, Power, powerful, beautiful place, high up on a mountain. Uh, and uh, she lived with John. And just think of all the stories John heard about Mary and how much he loved her. Well, in the book of Revelation, when John talks about and behold the Ark of the Covenant. And our Protestant brothers and sisters hear that and they think it's the Old Testament Ark. But it's clear as can be in Scripture because it says, and behold the Ark of the Covenant. And then what does he describe? He describes, he describes the woman. He describes Mary. So it's nice for our Protestant brothers and sisters who don't understand our love for Mary, our special love for her, to, to think that maybe we have a good reason for it. You don't have to agree with us. But it's not anything that should be contentious between us. We love Mary, but we we don't we we honor her, we love her, we cherish her, uh, but we don't worship her. Well, it could be good for you to know, understand. Look up the word Theotokos, and, and you'll learn a lot. Anyway, Dan, you just came on board, and we're just heading out. Stayed a little bit longer than usual. I know I come on the air at random times, but um, that's what I do. <laughs> anyway. We love you guys, um, and, uh, and we pray for God's blessing and prosperity on all of you and on your family. May the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Me ka'i noa o kamakua, ke keiki, ame ke uhanahemalele, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Aloha. Till tomorrow. <laughs>